0: Let us ask for God's light this evening. Would you join me in a prayer of illumination? O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, grant us eyes to see ourselves as we are, and eyes to see Christ as he is. May we see his glory. May we see our need of him. We pray this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture reading this evening is Psalm 51, and our text, uh, I should say, our title of the sermon is Sin Gives Way to God, Psalm 51. Hear now the word of the Lord from Psalm 51, and think on it, and contemplate on it. Listen keenly to the words as David cries out. so that you are justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, I was born guilty, a sinner when my mother conceived me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. and Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from bloodshed, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You have no delight in sacrifice. If I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. Do good to Zion in your good pleasure, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in right sacrifices, in burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I like neckties. This may come as somewhat of a shock to you, but my fashion sense is rather boring. My favorite color is gray. I'm a button-down collar type of guy. I have a button-down collar on this evening. Neckties, however, give me a chance to add a splash of color and pizzazz to what is generally a rather uninspiring fashion ensemble. So I like ties, like the one I have on tonight. I even have some favorite ties. I tend to become attached to my favorite ties, and there is nothing I like less than when I'm at a lunch and I spill something or I drop something and stain one of my favorite ties. I hate it when I get a stain on my tie. Because a tie with a stain on it is like a horse with a broken leg. You only have one real option, to put it down. You can try the stain stick, you can try other stain removers, you can try to take it to the dry cleaner and pay a lot of money, but it won't work. It's very difficult, nearly impossible to wash out a stain from a tie. You can scrub, and you can scrub, but the stain won't go away. Psalm 51 is about a stain. But in David's case, the stain was not on his necktie, Instead, David had made a mess of his life, kind of like how we do that all the time. The stain he incurred was self-inflicted, and it was on his conscience. It was a stain on his soul and on his spirit. David realized that such a stain was very difficult to wash away. He tried to, but it wouldn't go away. You ever tried to do that? And so David did the only thing he could do. He approached God. He approached God in prayer. He prayed this about himself and what he had done to himself and to his life and to others. He cried out to God, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, from my stain." Today of course is Ash Wednesday. This marks the beginning of the season of the church year that we refer to as Lent. 40 weekdays from now, we will celebrate the most important event in the Christian faith, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But before we get there, we need to contemplate why the cross was necessary. Why the resurrection Was needed. And the way we do that as Christians is through this process of self examination that we call Lent. As Christians, we take time to consider our sin and our need for repentance and forgiveness. During Lent, it is as if we take our dirty, soiled, and stained spiritual laundry and we bring it to the only one. Who can make us clean? Who can wash us? On this Ash Wednesday, we will begin that process of spiritual contemplation, of spiritual cleansing, by considering the prayer of David here in Psalm 51. Psalm 51 certainly is a well known psalm, it ranks up there with Psalm 23. And Psalm 100, it's familiar territory for all us. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, you know about Psalm 51. We know a lot about it. We know it's autobiographical for David. We know it's about David and his sin, the murdering of Uriah, the sin of adultery and abuse with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. Nathan, the prophet, had told David that he was the man. And at that moment, David realized that he had a massive stain on his soul. We know this psalm quite well. And much has been mined from the riches of this psalm. And tonight, in our time together, I want to go into that mind again and just take one little gem out of Psalm 51. And if I had to give that gem a title... A thematic title, it would be Numbers, Numbers, Numbers. I want to consider the numbers in this psalm. I want to look at them. Most specifically, the numbers related to the occurrences, the frequency of various words and phrases that are repeated in this psalm. Because there are a variety of repetitions in this psalm, and they reveal to us these numbers, these repetitions. They reveal to us important truth. Truth relevant for this day and for this season of Lent. So let's look at those numbers together briefly. And the first important number in Psalm 51 is the number three. There are many threes here. The biblical scholar Sidney Graydonis put together a list of those threes in Psalm 51. First, we find threes regarding God's character in verse 1. That God is merciful, he's steadfast, he's abundant in mercy. There are threes related to David's description of his problem, his sin problem, his stain problem. There are three words here, transgression, iniquity, and sin in verse 2. David refers to the solution to his problem in threes. He offers three different words for forgiveness, blot out, wash me, cleanse me. David also expresses three requests to God to create something in him. He wanted God to create in him a clean heart, a new and right spirit, and a willing spirit in him. And finally, David vowed to do three things in response To this forgiveness he hoped to receive from God. He said, I will teach transgressors your ways. My tongue will sing aloud your deliverance. And my mouth will declare your praise. Three is an important number in this psalm. It's through the repetition of these words. In these patterns of threes that David tries to emphasize things to us. To bring them to our mind. It is a call and a cue for us to listen to this. This is what this psalm is about. But Psalm 51 has other numbers of note. If you read the psalm carefully, you will note various words are repeated numerous times, and most significantly is the word sin. In its various cognate forms, sin is repeated six times in this psalm, verse 2, 3, 4, 5, 9, and 13. And that thematic, repetitive focus on sin obviously focuses our attention to what this psalm is about. And not only is the word repeated, but David uses synonyms. He uses three different words for sin, transgressions, iniquity, or guilt, sometimes it's translated, and evil. These numbers, these repetitions, these synonyms, they all function again to draw our ear to what's important to hear in this psalm. What God is trying to say to us, the main point, as Gradanus points out in his commentary, all these repetitions reveal the problem addressed in this psalm. It's sin, 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 all kinds of sin. David had a sin problem. And guess what? We do too. We do too. Psalm 51 is not only autobiographical for David, it's autobiographical for everyone. We have a sin problem as well. But our problem is more than just our sin. It's the larger problem of the stain problem, right? Of We can't get that stain out. No matter how much we scrub, we can't wash it away. We can't blot it out. We can't cleanse it. The numbers don't lie. We have a sin problem and we can't fix it. And I think it's important for us to hear that. And to hear it again and again in that repetitive way that this psalm does it. Because it's so easy for us to forget. That's why we have a liturgical calendar. That's why we do these things every year. Because we are prone to forget. Particularly now. Now in this culture and this time, it's so easy. So easy for sophisticated, for educated people to engage in a form of self-absolution. I mean, sin is kind of judgy, isn't it? I mean, the whole concept is so foreign to our temperament nowadays. It's archaic. It's barbaric. It's a form of negative thinking. It's like self-bullying of divine microaggression of sorts, right? What is all this talk about sin that you Christians do? Do you really want to dwell on something so negative? Aren't you engaging in a form of self-harm? Wouldn't we all be better off if we just stopped thinking and talking about sin? Well, David didn't think so. God obviously didn't think so. I mean, you could try it for a while if you want to. You could try to ignore it, and certainly that is what we are doing, isn't it, largely as a culture? But here's the rub, you can't wash it away, right? You can't just, it it, it will come back, the stain emerges. Neither your denial nor your own self-absolution, your own scrubbing and scrubbing will make it go away. Your efforts at self-cleansing will not work. If you pursue those paths and you are honest with yourself, you will eventually end up where David was in the reality that you can't wash it away on your own. That you need help. That you need to go to the one who knows how to remove the stain. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. There's only one place to go. That's what David is telling us. I need you God. And we need God. And this brings me to the final number that is significant in Psalm 51. And that's a blessed number. It's the number of biblical perfection. Yeah, it's the number 7. The name of God, or the Lord, is used seven times in this psalm. It's repeated, verse 1, verse 10, twice in verse 14, verse 15, twice in verse 17. Just like the repetitions related to sin, so too, David here in crying out, God here in his word is helping us through repetition to recognize where the solution to the human problem of sin is. Just as, the, as David rang out, sin, 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 sin is the problem. So too he cries out, God, God, God is the solution. God is the only way out. And there's something else worth observing about the numbers in this psalm. And that has to do with the distribution of these repetitive words of sin and God as they appear in this psalm. Because if you look at the psalm, as you, if you were to walk through it like you would a hallway, as you go through the verses of it as they unfold, what you would find is that in the first nine verses, the word sin, various words for it are used 12 different times. Sin dominates In the first nine verses, the first part of this psalm. But then if you move into verses 10 through 19, what you will find is that the word sin only occurs twice, from 12 to 2. That is, if you walk through this psalm, if you read through it, if you encounter it verse by verse, what is happening is slowly sin is diminishing. And of course, what else happens? As you go through this psalm, God increases. Of those seven uses of the word and name of God, one occurs in the beginning part of the psalm, and the other six occur in verses 10 through 19. Do you see what's happening here? It's like a stain being washed away as you go through this psalm. Sin eventually gives way to God. That's how John Goldingay puts it about this psalm. He wrote, sin gives way to God with confession. Sin gives way to God's presence. Sin gives way to God. That's what this text teaches us. That's what the cross teaches us. That's what the resurrection teaches us. And that's encouraging news, isn't it? As we look to God for help, as He becomes more and more the focus of our lives and our heart's devotion, sin is diminished and God increases. The sin, stain of sin, is removed. And in this sense, Psalm 51 is a microcosm of Lent itself. Lent begins with a focus on sin. Our sin and our inability to remove that stain. But as the days of Lent unfold, one by one, just like the verses of this psalm, our focus as Christians shifts away from our sin to the mighty acts of God performed in Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection. As we journey through Lent, sin gives way to God. That's the good news of this journey. Ash Wednesday represents the first step, the first verse, if you will. But hope is coming. Because we know how the psalm ends. and We know how the gospels end. Jesus is coming. The cross is coming. Easter is coming. Sin will give way to God. But we're not there yet. We need to take each step. So tonight we take the first step toward God. Tonight, this Ash Wednesday, we make that first step. And that step begins by making David's prayer, your prayer. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Make that your prayer this Ash Wednesday. Amen.